Hello, friends. Welcome to What Time Was I Born, an astrology podcast where I interview people through the lens of their birth chart. My name is Nadine, and I'm an astrologer based in New York City. You can find me on Instagram at NadineJane underscore astrology, or on my website, www.NadineJaneAstrology.com. And yes, you can book a birth chart reading with me there. Hello, friends. On today's episode of What Time Was I Born, I'm going to be speaking with my friend Brennan. He is a writer living in New York City, currently working for Allure magazine, but he writes for a bunch of publications, and I would highly, highly recommend Googling him and looking up some of his work. I will also be leaving a little note at the end of this episode for his website and his email in case you want to get in touch with him. Today's themes of the episode are going to be around mental health. Brennan himself has a lot of planets in Scorpio, and he has his moon in Pisces. He's a very sensitive soul, and that's going to not only influence his work, but it's also going to influence the way that he navigates interpersonal relationships and just the world at large. And we're going to ask the question, you know, what does it mean to be authentically ourselves in the public? So if you're interested in the nitty-gritty of Brennan's chart, he is a sun in Sagittarius in the fifth house. He has his moon in Pisces in the eighth house. He is a Leo rising. His Mercury, his Venus, and his Jupiter are all in Scorpio in the fourth house. And his Mars is in Sagittarius in the fifth house. Hi, Brennan. Hi, Nadine. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing well. So, obviously, you're one of my good friends, but tell everyone else a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Brennan. I am a writer. I Right now, I'm a um, features writer at Allure magazine, Mm -hmm. which just means that I sit on the print staff and I I write stuff for the magazine and and I write for some other places as well. Um, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, the greatest Mm -hmm. city in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom's from Akron everyone we love we, yeah we love northeast yeah. ohio um, and i'm um just i'm very happy to be here thank you for having me do you know that that made me like implicitly trust you because really? you're from cleveland totally yeah. like for some reason sorry to anyone who's who is from new york for some reason native new yorkers like make me nervous but anyone who's from like the midwest i'm kind of like all right yeah we're a good we're a good solid solid reliable trustworthy yes i think so yeah what you see is what you get yes should we say how we met yes of course uh nadine and i worked at a tiny beauty company a tiny beauty company that has (laughs) since metastasized into a world power um and uh and i was hired to work on their editorial arm Mm -hmm. um and nadine was a uh digital designer who sort of worked on both. On both. So that's Yeah, we, we did met. get to work together. Yeah, we were mostly so. just friends, but yeah. we worked a little bit together. I think it, I think that was good for us. I think yeah. it was good for us to not be working so closely. I agree, but I did think that when we did work together, it made me like you more. Really? Because you were surprisingly organized. Oh, that's something you know, because no you, one has ever you're, said about me. Really? Yeah. Oh no, because you're really creative naturally and you're funny as hell and you're like you're you're a writer even when you speak, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that you never whenever we would work with the ITG team, I would always be like what are they going to be like to work on a project with? you know what I mean yes, yes but you yes. were you were actually the one who was sort of steering the ship yeah well it's funny because I was hired for that job and like and and right now I do I my like job is to write mm-hmm. and I um am 
mercifully not sort of exposed to the other sides of the of the editorial machine right but um when i was hired at that job it was in an organizational role i was hired basically to succeed the managing editor at some point way down the line um my job was like right if you have time but mostly your job will be clerical yeah and and i liked that i and i do i do like that stuff but but you prefer i prefer the writing so you're just a writer just a writer through and through as long as someone will pay me to write, <laughs> I will be writing for them. All right. So um, last question before we get into your chart. What's your relationship with astrology, if anything? Um, be honest. Don't just I be know. nice to me. Well, so Nadine, I couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking about this question. Because yeah. I had listened to I'd listened to our friend Bread Faces episode. Right. And when you asked her this question, I was like, I was like, oh shit, what am I going to say? <laughs> I mean... I was exposed to astrology in like the sense of like the study of astrology through you and you and I are first and foremost friends. Like right. I, I, it's not like I, I met sort of uh, the astrology that we know today through like, a, like a rando who, like a rando right. like soothsayer. Like totally. this was just like, and so f- with, with you, it was always like, it was always compassion first. Mm. Like it was, it was always very therapeutic and mm. it was, um, and it, it was always used as a tool to help you understand yourself better. And I'm right. kind of like a, I'm like a, a introspection nerd. Like totally. I could just like do that all the time. Yes. So I, Which uh, is why we're friends. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think my, my relationship with it is positive because of that like friend association. And mm-hmm. then a lot of my friends and I now will kind of use like astrology shorthand and mm-hmm. in, in terms of, you know, needling each other about yeah. like our <laughs> behaviors or like it's, it, it, it's fun, but I'm also, and I, I I have a pretty casual relationship with it, but I'm also just like I defend it like crazy. Like mm. if someone tries to tell me that astrology isn't real, I'm like Really? Yeah. That surprised me. I get me. really mad. Yeah. That's Not cool. really mad, but I'm just like, fuck you, you know? <laughs> like, fuck all of that. Like just let us have this this nice thing. Seriously. It's good. I yeah. Like it. Okay, amazing. Something that I've noticed over time with any clients who have a Leo rising is there's a common theme around using humor and being theatrical and being outgoing as a defense mechanism, a protection method against harm or criticism or in many cases being bullied. To me, the kind of conclusion that I'm drawing is, all right, if you can beat someone to the punch, then they can't make fun of you. And so in Brennan's case, we're gonna see how his Leo rising was very beneficial to him in his childhood and how it still carries through in his life, but eventually how it's not necessarily the true story of who Brennan is on the deepest level. Because seriously, the rising sign is like the, the mo- one of the most historical defense mechanisms. So Breadface equated it more to like being the only Asian girl at her high school or her middle school and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So like it maybe doesn't even have to be family specific, but mm-hmm. like learned coping mechanism. Why was it to be funny, theatrical, mm-hmm. loud? You know what I mean? Like yeah. what? Why? Why? Because your chart's very introverted otherwise. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm the youngest of four siblings, um, so I think that there's a lot that you can just sort of... I think I can probably just leave that there. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think that's it for that. Yeah. But but yeah, I and, and, and I identify with Breadface a lot because while we had very different upbringings, like I went to... I grew up on the in the western suburbs of Cleveland um, and, and, you know, on the rim of a big city, I grew up in a very small town, a pretty like 
you know, poor school district and, um, relatively I've compared to the school districts around us. And right. I, um, it wasn't like a super conservative place, but I was certainly the only like out gay person mm. in my like middle school and high school. And it was also the kind of school where everyone, like who you go to first grade with is who you graduate with. Mm. Um, and so like being funny was a great alternative to like getting the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and, and like, if I could make people laugh, then that was always an easy way to kind of win them over. So, yeah. so that has always been important and that's, and that remains important. It's important to, like, I'm trying to make you laugh right now. Yeah, it is. I it always works. I'm, but I'm, a, as you and Brad face, I'm a pretty cheap laugh. You're a pretty but that's cheap like, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but did that work? Like in the sense that were you accepted for being out because you were likable and because you were able to sort of disarm people with your humor and your personality? I think it did because I think that you – and I, I mean this is certainly fucked up in many ways, but mm-hmm. like like I, if you're kind of like, you know, sassy and funny and, and like you sort of play into this like stereotype, then people – maybe think that they understand you and, and mm. they don't ask further questions or, or you're not like, yes. a, you're not a threat, you know? Yes. Um, because they're like, Oh, that's, you know, Brennan, he's really into like fashion, you know? Yeah. Um, were you always into fashion? Yeah. I mean, I liked clothes. I truly sends a chill down my spine to think about the stuff I wore in high school. <laughs> I was voted, I was voted best dressed. No way. But I, that's I very like, realizing. Really? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I wore like crazy, crazy shit all the wow. time. Wow. All the time. But it's it seems nuts. like now that I know you, you still dress really well, but it's more toned down. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, because you just bleached your hair uh, like a couple years ago. I did. So I'm that's blonde. very realizing. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I've always been fastidious about my hair, which mm-hmm. I think is also. I understand that to be a Leo Rising thing. Well, Leo Rising's super image conscious, mm. conscious, like in the sense, not in a superficial way. It's just aware of like how I present myself is going to tell a certain story. Right. So like maybe tomorrow, maybe especially for you in high school, since it sounds like you're a little bit more theatrical with what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. I feel, I woke up feeling this way, so I'm going to present it in yeah. some way. Is that, was it an artistic expression for you? Because you are a very artistic person. Certainly. Or how th- did you view fashion? Certainly. I think it was, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I didn't. Um, didn't think about it too I much. I didn't think about it too much. I just enjoyed, like, I enjoyed having fun with it and, and I enjoyed having like a thing you know mm-hmm. like I was really into oh my god when I was in high school I was really into like the I was really into button-up vests like oh, dress vests yes so I would go to school and wear like a Cute. wear like collared shirts with like a tie and like a button-up vest <laughs> buttoned up and like jeans and I think shoes. I've seen a photo of you in that maybe because like, I've seen because you've posted old photos on yeah, Instagram yeah 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 which seen. I will not do yeah. anymore <laughs> all right so crux of the issue is you have so many planets in Scorpio. If you have your chart pulled open right now, I would love for you to take a look at the aspects that are coming out of your rising sign. If you have a square or an opposition to your rising sign, it can very often tell a story of that persona not integrating very well with the rest of your chart. And so in Brennan's case, we're going to see how his Leo rising makes a very strong multiple square to some of his planets in Scorpio. 
By the way, these are pretty authentic planets. It's his Venus, it's his Mercury, it's how he thinks and how he feels and how he loves. And so we're going to discover how someone can be actually extremely introverted and very private and desire a more uh, quiet life, and yet there's this alternate persona that comes out in them that's dying to be seen and to be heard and to attract attention. And the biggest question is going to be, how can those two personas, the introverted and the extroverted, coexist? So they all make what's called a square to your Leah rising. It essentially means this is Brennan and it's totally not at the same time. There is a war between Brennan who shows up as a Leah rising and then the true Brennan, which is all of your more introverted, introspective and deep Scorpio nature. So I guess my question for you is like, do you ever feel sometimes that your first impression does not necessarily tell the whole story of who you are on a deeper level? Do you ever feel misunderstood by people where they're like, oh, ha, Brandon's so funny. And you're like, yeah, but there's like so much more to me than just that. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And, and I, um, I feel that I feel that way all the time. I think, and, and, and I think because you've read my chart before, like, I think when we both worked together and when we were both younger than we are now, and I, uh, I remember you said this, you said a very similar thing. You said like, do you often feel misunderstood? And I, I sort of felt like crying. Like I was like, <laughs> yes, you know, I sort of felt like it was outpouring of emotion. Me, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I do. And it's funny because my, my boyfriend who I absolutely adore mm. is often, um, cause you know, when you're in a relationship, you're sort of, uh, you're always kind of like setting boundaries and, 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 you know, one thing that, we've had to do with each other a couple of times is be like, you know, like I think that I'd need a night to myself or something. And he, whenever I bring up my like introverted nature, he doesn't believe me. Like he's like, well, you're not an introvert. He's like, that's not true. But it is like, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who I really, really, really value my solitude without it. I, I, it would be crazy. And I think, I don't know. I sometimes consider, have you always been that way? No, but I also didn't, don't consider myself. I think that I have, I have, a much better handle on my mental health now than I used to. Mm-hmm. So at times I, I think I placed a lot of, a lot of emphasis in, in, in being around other people. And, mm-hmm. and that was very, very important to me. And, and that felt terrible all the time, you know? Right. Like they, it felt like I was, it was constantly being, and I, and I also think that, um, and, and something that, that I also kind of struggle with sometimes is like, um, I'm t- like a total ham. Like I like, I, I like to make people laugh and, um, and then some- like even your writing's a ham. Like yes. I, li- oh, yeah. you were, I have said this to you before. You are the only writer that makes me audibly laugh. Cause I've, That's I've the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fangirl of many writers, but literally no one ever besides you has made me audibly laugh. I wonder if that's because you know me in real life. I thought the same thing, but I had Nick read one of your pieces after he met you at the wedding. Uh-huh. So I was like, you don't understand. I was like, Brennan's such a good writer. And Nick is not a cheap laugh. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Nick audibly laughed oh, at some of the things nice. that you said. Nice. So I, I would say it's probably both. I think I probably laugh harder because I know you and I okay. can imagine your facial expression like as you're writing it. Right, right, right. But even he was able to get a like full body laugh out of something that you wrote. I yeah. mean, isn't that crazy? I know. that's And that's the, that's the, the highest honor. Like, yeah. that's amazing. And that's exactly what I set out to do in my writing. Like, I don't really give a shit about disseminating information. (laughs) 
Um, but 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 I'm not a reporter. But but that's part of my like that's part of my you know uh, I notice that like or sometimes I not I notice I fear that like. I, I sort of inhabit this like jester role <laughs> and, and sometimes when I'm not, when I'm not like feeling it or, or like I, I notice sometimes that when I'm, you know, when I'm just like not in, in, in like a jokey mood, which is often people kind of, they're like, you know, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think something's wrong. And I'm like, no, this is, you know, this is the other part of my personality yeah, that exactly. I rarely show you guys to go back to the FOMO piece. There is a desire for belonging Mm -hmm. and then a massive desire to be authentic. So like that square that I'm talking about between Leo and Scorpio, Mm -hmm. on its worst day, you want to be accepted and so you hide your Scorpio nature. Mm -hmm. But on your which might have happened in your early twenties, especially when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. You might have even said, I don't have a Scorpio personality, I'm just gonna be my Leo self. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'll be whatever you guys need me to be in this moment. But like in an evolved case in your chart, which I've seen you go through, but I'd rather you put it in your own words, you can learn that the best way to be accepted is to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it means you'll attract the right friends and the right community and the right mm-hmm. jobs and the right connections and all that kind of stuff. So like, have you seen in your life that by internally doing the work to accept yourself you've been able to be a little bit more of an authentically arising in your life rather than just a ham to make other people laugh mm-hmm. yes yes i think that does make sense and yes that's a that's a very good question <laughs> i well because i also and it's okay if you don't feel that way right yeah now. no i think i mean i don't all the time but i i am certain certainly aware of the aspects of my personality that i think are are, could be described as more more Leo ascendant that I really like and that I like to be able to show that I consider like a part of you know and this is a this is a fake like phrase but like a part of like what my best self is composed of is is you know someone who has a sense of humor about everything and and mm-hmm. um, and I like that I like being lighthearted about things and I I do like making people laugh and 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 so like those are things I hold dear and I and I think of as as core to my being. Um, things that I get frustrated when I can't do, like if I'm too uh, maudlin about like certain things um, or just like unpleasant to be around, like it just makes me feel shitty, you know, mm. and then I like need to go to my cave and, <laughs> and play my farming simulation until I'm, until I'm ready to emerge again. But but I, I think a lot about like, I think a lot about essential self. And I think I I very much frustrate my therapist when I talk about it because it's... I mean, it's crazy to think about, I'm, I am 26 and it's crazy to think about like the, the, the way I dressed when I was 23, which was just three years ago. And, mm-hmm. and the way that I, uh, the jokes I told and, and the way that I carried myself and the stuff that I wrote even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, but I think if you asked me then I would have been able to sort of articulate, I would have been able to articulate an essential self that's different than the one that I can articulate today. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like for me. And I, and I, I really, I think I'm, I'm still figuring it out. And I think that I'm in a better place than I was then, but I don't know where I'm going to be in, you know, in four years. Like I could be something we talk about a lot is that like, I, I'm kind of exhibiting recluse symptoms. And so like, I could be like a total recluse in, by the time so I, see that. I know, but we'll see. I don't know. To me, the word for your, you probably will, will never truly be 
isolated you know like you we've talked been talking a lot about you moving off into like intense into sense of isolation yeah. yeah which is your what your scorpio totally wants to do mm-hmm. um but i don't think you'll ever truly be that way because of your leo I think the bigger growth journey for your chart is, but how can I be myself in the public? Right. And and maybe the point where you're at right now is you're like, I just don't want to be in the public at all because I'm not able to be myself or you're like struggling with what that, that duality in your chart looks like. Yes. And, and that's exactly, that's exactly a struggle that I feel. And I also feel that like, as a writer, it's also, it's also very difficult because, because I write for magazines, I'm quite public facing and, mm-hmm. um, Whatever that means. In fact, I hate that I just use the word public facing. My God, what an asshole I've become. Um, I'm, I'm but not at all. It's a job where your name is attached. Right, to it. exactly. And 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 oftentimes, as as any writer knows, like there will be entire swaths of a story that are just like rewritten in a different in like by an editor because they wanted it to say something else, which I don't think I think is a very easy form of editing, and I don't particularly like it. Um, but I, I see why, I see why they do that. And, and then, but then it's always published with my byline and then that causes a lot of, you know, personal anguish for me, Mm. um, when I'm not kind of able to keep things in perspective. And I think like, oh, people are going to, people are going to read this and think that this is me, but this isn't me. And it's not, Mm. you know, like, again, these aren't like the, the work that I'm doing is not like Ronan Farrow-esque, like hard-hitting journalism, but it's just, um, I am just kind of figuring out a way to best represent myself. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's, that's the quest of a lot, like a, a lot of um, what people talk about in writing is, is sort of like finding your writing voice. And, and I do think that your writing voice, the best voices are those that are singular. Mm. And I think that, to be singular, you kind of just have to lean into the way that you speak. Right. Um, and I think that right now my writing is getting there, but I think that I still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. As we all do. As we all do. And like, we just, we're such a funny generation where it's like, I can say this to you, but I never say this to myself. It's like, you're 26. You I know, know what I mean? Like you have a lifetime to be the most authentic version of Brennan in your writing you know, know what I mean but it's but I, but anyways I'm such a hypocrite because I'm I'm constantly I know I say that too yeah I say that too where I, I, <clears throat> I tell people that all the time and I know I know it to be true me too kind of uh, yes and yet when your work is important to you yeah it's just like it's terrible it's it's like torture wrenching yeah. yeah well I was gonna say like you were saying like it's not hard-hitting journalism but I don't think that matters mm. if you're a creative writer if you're a creative period like, yeah this stuff is life or death and it is devastating when things don't feel representative of who we are right no matter what we're writing about right When I first started studying astrology, I got really good at understanding what a planet in a certain sign meant. I could very easily tell you what Mercury in Aquarius meant, or what Moon in Scorpio meant, or uh, what Jupiter in Taurus meant. But what I wasn't as good at was integrating a holistic story about the person or about the individual. And that's why studying the houses is so important. It's one of the most integral steps into understanding the 
deeper and grander story that a chart can tell because the houses explain where that planetary energy shows up in the person's life. So in Brennan's case, he doesn't just have a lot of planets in Scorpio. He has a lot of planets in Scorpio in the fourth house of home of our the deepest, most grounded part of ourselves of the past. The fourth house tells a story of nostalgia and liking to be in the home and wanting to sort of be in your own space of safety. And so in Brennan's case, we're going to see how his introverted nature desires above all else to be rooted in its own home. All of your Scorpio planets are in the fourth house of home. So this is why Scorpio's introverted, but the fourth house of home is cozy. Mm. So this is why I think of the word FOMO for your chart, mm -hmm. but also JOMO, because yeah. you are both. Your Leah rising says we have to attend. We have to be seen. We have to make people laugh. We have yeah. to have people like us. And then all your Scorpio says, absolutely fucking not. We need to stay home. We need to like go do whatever cool introverted thing you like doing. Yeah. But also, it's a ton about introspection. So maybe one of the things that you'd like to do or need to do with alone time is like get in touch with your own feelings. Mm -hmm. Is that true at all? Yes. Like when Brennan's alone, what does Brennan do? Because you're a ham. We know that you're a ham in the public. What is Brennan yeah. when he's at home alone? Well, I love being at home. Home is my favorite place. I'm sure. I, I'm um I'm usually playing this game called Stardew Valley that I just started playing. <laughs> It's like a farming simulation and it's very nice because it's very, it like sort of rewards just like a very simple form of cultivation. <laughs> so I do that at home and I write a lot. Like I, mm. I, I, I do my, I think my best writing when I'm like at home, kind of like in the zone. I have anxiety and depression. Yeah. Like a lot of people that we know. Yeah. But I, for whatever reason, one thing that is true of me in general is that I'm sort of like always, uh, always kind of taking stock of like of my like brain and where it is and mm. and I'm uh you know I'm walking to the train in the morning and I'm like sort of thinking about I'm thinking about work that day and I'm thinking about you know work is sort of giving me like a bad feeling but I'm like is it giving me a bad feeling because I am you know tired because I like you know, had a glass of wine with dinner last night or, you know, all this stuff. And uh, my my therapist calls it like living in the matrix, you know, mm. that like you're sort of, uh, you're sort of, it's it's sometimes not helpful to kind of like always be thinking of like, of, uh, of you know, how my brain is processing things versus yes. just letting living. them be processed and living. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working on that. That's, you hit the nail on the head because the reason why I wanted you to say specifically like what you were diagnosed with, I don't know what the right word is for yeah, it, yeah. But how you identify is because how I identify. Yeah. <laughs> I so identify many, like so many people have this many planets in Scorpio. And it's not uncommon to be, let's say diagnosed with depression or diagnosed with like, if people have a ton of water in their chart, for instance, being diagnosed with anxiety is pretty common. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, I love the overlap between mental health and the chart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but at the same time, my belief, and I know not everyone's going to agree with me, but like, I believe the mental health stuff is like, ha always has its power to it at the same yeah. time. Yeah. time right 
And like, to me, the power of your Scorpio stuff is like on its worst day, it's over analytical. Mm. Like on its worst day, you can maybe talk yourself in circles as to like how life is ending. Mm -hmm. But on your best day, it's your power tool where you can be like, I understand human nature. I'm connected to the darkness that life has. Like I'm not, you're not blind to the fact that being a human is really fucking hard and complicated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we are like to live in a human's brain is exhausting. It's not just Brennan. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that to me, it's like always a double-edged sword when someone has a very intense concentration of planets, especially in a water sign like Scorpio. Mm -hmm. But have you always been this way in the sense of always been intense? Like to me, the word intensity comes to mind. I already told you introspective, but like, were you a deep child? I know it's like a weird thing to ask, but. I don't know. I, I, I remember feeling like, I remember feeling very weird all the time as Mm. like a kid. And I, um. And, and yeah, I remember feeling sad a lot, like, you know, and, and, and not because, not necessarily because of anything specific that happened during my upbringing, but, but just, you know, the feeling of difference and, and, and I, I remember whenever like somebody like, you know, didn't want to be friends with me or something like that was just like heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I see it now because I have a niece and, um, and uh, I have a niece and I also have these like little cousins and, um, and I remember like someone was telling me something about like something that happened at school to one of them and how like, you know, these girls were being mean and I was like, fuck that. I was like, <laughs> this is horrible. Like I just wanted to like, cradle her in my arms. And so, uh, so yes, I, like, I, I think about that, you know, the, the child in me, so to speak is, is sort of like terrified of being, or has, has been terrified of being like odd Mm. and and only recently have I begun to kind of lean into that yeah that makes sense yes in what ways have you recently been leaning into that yes just you know just like letting myself be I don't know just I think just being a little bit truer to the person that I am which I that was a terrible answer but like I like one thing that I that I always do and as a as a journalist, this is like a good tool, but also kind of hard is that like, when you don't know something, you should just ask about it. Mm. Um, so a lot of like what I do is very, very basic. Like, like what is, you know, like I just kind of wrote this thing where it was like, what is the color pink? Like, why Mm. do we call it pink? And, 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 um, and, and asking more questions, I guess just like being more of an idiot all the time is very helpful because everyone is kind of like, everyone is an idiot and and everyone is sort of fumbling through it. And so, and so if you, if you're just like more of an open idiot, then it, it allows other idiots to identify with you. Totally. Saturn is the planet of discipline, growth, but also hardship. It's not the easiest planet in the world. But what I always like to tell people is it's the reason why we become better people. It's the reason why we grow up and we mature and we evolve. Um, And so in Brennan's case, he has Saturn in the seventh house. Relationships and long-term relationships specifically are a huge place of growth and maturity for him. He could very well be attracted to partners who seem a little bit older or wiser or who have just an air of stability or, or this sort of calm nature that he seeks out. 
but also it's a place that he does not hold lightly. People with Saturn in the seventh house take long-term partnership very seriously. That includes marriage as well. These people do not take the topic as being frivolous or being silly. They will very much contemplate and think out their decision when it comes to whether or not they want to be married long-term. And I remember feeling when David and I first started dating and I'm, and David is my partner and we've been together for um, two and a half years. Yeah. And, um, and out of deference, I won't speak very specifically to our relationship, um, out of deference to him, but I, um, other than that, I'm obsessed with him, but I, (laughs) uh, but I remember when we first started dating, it seemed like he was very aloof. Like it seemed like Mm. a relationship was not, the most important thing to him mm. um, and finding someone like he wasn't obsessed with having a boyfriend in, in the way that like I have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just like very alluring, you know, mm. I think that, I think that that's probably some sort of trope that like you, you go after, you know, the aloof dudes, but for like, sure. but, but I also think that that's the, I think that that's the ideal way to, at least for me to have a relationship is to, is to, be with someone and be with someone totally, mm. but also have like your kind of your own life, you know, like we don't spend, David and I do not spend like every moment together, Yeah, but we spend a lot of time together and, and I love that. That's fascinating because Saturn also speaks to boundaries. Mm-hmm. So like to me having Saturn in the seventh house, like in its, on its best day, it means clear separation between like where they begin and you end. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, not that enmeshed relationship where you're like, we can't leave each other's right, side. Right. Have you guys always been that way? And also was David like that specifically where he w- he had clear boundaries about like, we don't get into this crazy enmeshed relationship mm-hmm. at the beginning or was that just the natural dynamic you guys had together? I think it was, I think it was the natural dynamic. Although I do remember there being like one case early on in our relationship where I like came over to his apartment and I was like thinking that I was going to spend the night and he was kind of like, no, you're not going to spend the night. And, um, and that's of course fine, you know? And then I think that we do a lot of that to one another in not a lot, but we do a healthy amount to one another in our, um, in our relationship now. I mean, I, if that's like the, it's simply the most important thing is mm-hmm. like, is being able to um, articulate when you, when you need to be alone, you know? And it's not, it's not like, it's not a space thing from your partner, but it's just like a space thing in general. Yeah. Know? Like I need, I need like time for myself. I need like time with David. I need time with my friends, my like restorative friends. I need time with David and my friends, yeah. you know. Um, it's just super healthy. Yeah. I think, and that's, and that's, I've, I was never, I wasn't always able to pre David to articulate that. And, right. and I think that that, you know, made me certainly resent some people. For sure. Yeah. Last question about this is just, do you have any desire to get married one day? I think I have asked you this, but I I think you you gave me an abstract answer. I think I gave you an abstract answer. And I think I'm going to give you another (laughs) abstract answer. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think about, I certainly want to be long-term partnered. Um, I don't know if I, if I want to be wed, Mm. um, and I don't, I, I should, I should say that that has nothing to do with like political reasons. Right. Like I'm not some like radical queer right. person, but um, <laughs> I don't know. 
for right now, I'm just like really broke and, and getting married seems very expensive. So right. it's certainly so it's not in your frame of not in my right. peripheral vision yeah, yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. The reason why I bring it up is just in case someone who's listening has Saturn in the seventh, it would imply that you'll only know what you want to do after your Saturn return, mm. which happens when we're 28, 29, ends right. around 30. So like maybe I'll ask you again once you turn 30. I'll like call you on your 30th birthday and be like, so Brennan, back to that question. I would be happy to answer. <laughs> um, all right. Moon and Pisces. Mm. Do you know anything about this? I know I that would it love means for that you I'm a sad it. sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how do you relate to it? Because I'm sure you've like looked up on CoStar and stuff like that. How do you yeah. relate to a moon and Pisces? Um, I'm... Though I understand it in in the most in the, the broadest sense, mm-hmm. which, which is just that I'm like my inner life is quite emotional, mm-hmm. and um and that is just like one hundred percent true. Like I just <laughs> I can't I can't turn it off. Like I am I am very sentimental. I'm someone who totally. is yeah. I'm someone who's often like like I like sometimes I walk down the street and I feel like the wind on my cheeks, and I'm like life is amazing you know i'm like nature is beautiful and then i'm only laughing because that is so accurate (laughs) but then but then also like i'm I'm it's really romantic too mm -hmm, very very romantic and i certainly feel that way a lot like i i will look at uh and and it's it's funny because i i go on a um every time i go on a trip or something um uh if i go on a trip with david david's someone who likes to take a lot of photos and then I will come back and I'll look at my photos and it'll be like a weird photo of like the corner of a house that like struck me or something. Um, I, uh, I take a lot of weird photos and I, um, and I, but by the same token, I'm someone who often like when I, when I get a pitch rejection, I feel like I am like a worthless, like I, I'm just like, fine, I'm going to quit writing. Um, uh, it's it's, so it's it's very emotional. It's very emotional. High highs and low lows. Yeah, totally. But on its best day, it's really dreamy. So I mm. think the I think it's very interesting that you play a lot of video games yeah. because that it's like escapism too. It's like you might use art or uh, movies or video games or just your imagination to like escape here and now. Yeah. Do you ever do that? Do you ever find yourself sort of like drifting off into space and like thinking about other things that have nothing to do with the here and now? All the time. I um in fact I I um there's a couple video games that I'm like particularly obsessed with and one of them I have this kind of like it's this like video game franchise. It's called The Legend of Zelda. It's very popular. Mm-hmm. And then and 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 over the past like decade I've I always think about um, if I were to design like the next chapter of the game, what I would do. And so I have this like world in my head and, and, and I have a lot of notebooks where I've drawn out maps of stuff. And before I go to bed every night to fall asleep, I think about it. Like I think about, I kind of like go there and that's a nice place to be. Yeah. I wish I need to be, I need to be more, um, I need to be that way with, with books a little bit more Mm. because I'm, I'm, I'm a very slow reader, but reading is, obviously very important to have do. you ever considered like creative like uh fiction writing like mm-hmm. have you ever considered writing a book that is about the fantasies that you have in your head i i do um fiction i don't know how people write fiction it seems like so wildly difficult to me i agree yeah i like the world building aspects a lot and yeah. that's when i that's where i get lost but i um get lost in in a, in a good way, but where I get lost in a bad way is that like, I just, just, I cannot, I do not know how to string together a plot 
and I like, or something that's not already there. Like right now I write nonfiction and it's pretty easy because you, you like, you meet someone and there they are and you're describing the way that they look. Yeah. You're, you're going off of, and you're sort of creating a story, but like off of elements that are already there. Um, but like I, when I see something like, or read something like Gone Girl, <laughs> I'm like, what? The, like, how that, the fuck does somebody, can somebody do this? I know. It's amazing. Uh, I it's know. It's amazing to me. I hope that one day I'm able to do that. It's something that I would like to do at some point, but yeah. something that I am, I do not feel at all equipped to do. Yeah. Right now. Your moon in Pisces definitely could as well. There's, there, it's like the most artistic position for the moon. That's good to know. Yeah. So like there, there's something brewing, but okay. like we'll, we'll see how it manifests over we time. See. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Just like in every episode, I'm going to end Brennan's interview with the nodes. His south node in Gemini actually is his writer. It's not a bad thing, but it is still at times his Achilles heel. He is very quick with words. He's very good at pre-anticipating what other people may want him to write. So much so that that can block him from authentically finding the words that are true to Brennan. So we're going to explore how he sees his North Note integrating into his life plan and maybe how his plans to one day move to Japan can integrate into this ultimate destiny. The frame that I want to speak about it in is Japan and Mm. your desire to move there. Sagittarius is about travel. So like one of the reasons why I'm moving to Maine and moving to Alaska and moving away from New York is like city dwellers is Mm. very South Node in Gemini. Mm -hmm. We're like, I need to network. I need to know people. The North Node says, I don't really need feedback from you guys. I can just go do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like why Japan? What does it symbolize for you? Why do you want to leave? Mm Because there's a huge desire in you to leave. What are you trying to leave or what are you trying to get to know by leaving yourself? Yeah. And how do you relate to any of the things I just said? Yeah. Just riff on it. Okay. My desire to move to Japan is motivated by, uh, I I sort of, I've been studying the Japanese language on my own um, because I went um, with a couple of friends two, three years ago and I just really liked the place. In fact, I I had not done any international travel and then interesting yeah and then, then you went to japan well and oh, okay. the first place i went was actually yeah it was it was japan was like the first place That's and crazy i know which was nuts and, and i remember really really liking it and then i afterwards um or like a, maybe a year later i went to paris and i like knew a little bit of french and 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 i think because of um uh, like i I'm, I'm really i really amazed by people who know multiple languages and i'd love to know multiple languages um but and I had taken French in high school and I was okay at it. So then when I went to Paris, I was like really really excited to like use my French and everyone was so rude. And I was just like fuck this. I was like hey, I, I I wouldn't want to. With respect to France, right? It turned me off of the experience, right? Um, but in Japan, everyone was so friendly and and as I started to like kind of uncover parts of the language, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, poetry but simplicity to the way that things are expressed mm. um and there's a lot of like you know you don't have to say a lot in order to convey something mm. important and something beautiful um and so and it's also it's also a language that doesn't have any analog to english like it's like you can't kind of have to unlearn english to learn it so i was like this will be a fun challenge and mm. this will prevent my brain from atrophying so so that is, my desire to move to japan is is mostly so i can master the language and um but yeah i i 
often fantasize about about like going somewhere. I mean, the other thing about Japan is that not only is it culturally opposite from the United States, it's where I grew up, it's, it's, you know, physically the opposite. Like, it's like when when you are awake and doing things, everyone else is asleep. Um, On the other side of the world, you feel very, you feel very disconnected but also you feel this kind of like electricity mm. being in a in a foreign place and uh and so that has always that has always been my desire to Do you ever feel like you could be more your more authentically yourself if you were able to not like live forever in mm-hmm. Japan but at least for a period does it symbolize at all like you getting to know yourself more mm-hmm. being able to be yourself more I think so and I'm curious about cuz again <laughs> like there are, there are some things in the language in the Japanese language that are easy for me to express, um, that are hard to express in English, you know? And, um, and it's not like, you know, I don't know. It just, it just has to do with, you know, how you say a different, how you say a verb or something Mm. like can sort of convey a lot of other stuff. I don't know. It's, and I hope I don't sound like an asshole right now. Okay, good. Scratch that. Um, (laughs) So, so I think that, I mean, everything that I do is in pursuit of self-actualization, right? And like, and my, like, my goal is to figure out who I am. And and then, because I do think that to your point, I will create my best work when I'm, I'm really, really in tune with myself. I mean, when you're, when you're 26, you're just like a sponge for everything else. And you just like want to succeed by any means necessary. And so you see other writers succeeding and you say like, I want to do that. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to write like that. I'm going to write these pieces. I'm going to write profiles or I'm going to write, you know, investigative features. And then I'm going to, and then people are going to notice me. Um, But I just don't think that's how it works. I think that we just have to like the only, the only time you do anything meaningful is when you do something that's, uh, that's more closely aligned with you. So, yeah. so that is what I'm going to do. I have a, I have a lot to figure out. I'm going to totally butcher the statement, but like the epiphany I'm having as you're saying it is like your and I's karmic debt is around being a wordsmith. We're too good at writing and we're mm. too good at talking. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially saying by completely throwing out the English language, I'm actually able to say more true things in this entirely new language that I'm learning. Yes. So that's very fascinating to me. Yes. And I should also say that I don't, I am quite far from like proficiency, sure. but I, it, it looks promising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we know Brennan, now that we know about his ham like leo rising and we know about his deep and twisty scorpio planets and we know about his truth seeking and freedom seeking sagittarius personality and we also know about his very dreamy and artistic moon and pisces what on earth does he think he was made for this is no easy question but just like i tell you guys in every episode i would love for you to look at your chart and look within yourself and ask yourself the same question I think, I think I was, I was born to delight people. <laughs> I, I, and I hope that, I mean, that's the thing that I think makes me, makes me just like the happiest is when, I mean, it sounds hokey, but when I can make someone smile, you know, mm. and, and, and that's why I like writing so much is because I, I feel that it is something, you know, permanent, like it's something that you can keep with you in terms of, you know, the printed word and, and it's printed exactly how you intend it. And, and it, 
you know, can't be taken away from you. And, and, and that's just like the most important thing for me is just to, is just to entertain. I think it kind of goes back to the ham thing, but that is like what really makes me happiest mm-hmm. is delighting others. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nadine. <laughs> um, I would like to shout out Shayla and Danielle. I love you. So if you were listening to this episode thinking, wow, I'm dying to hear this guy's work, you can find Brennan's website at www.brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N, Kilbane, K-I-L-B-A-N-E.com. Thanks so much for listening to What Time Was I Born? If you want to find me online in the interwebs and the crazy Instagram world, you can find me at Nadine Jane underscore astrology or on my website, www.nadinejaneastrology.com.